Hello world, welcome back to Golf Subpar. Colt Nost and Drew Stoltz getting you ready for the holiday season. So ladies, we got a couple things to get to real quick. First off, these new hoodies we got on rocking right here. Gravy Bird making his debut. Gravy Bird in the house. And you can go to the golf.com pro shop, buy all this new swag we got going on right now. A lot of cool stuff out there. A lot of good stuff. A lot of wintertime selection. We've had some lightweight hoodies, t-shirts, things like that. Now we're coming in for the wintertime. We got the new Gravy Bird in the building. The old sleazy bird in the house, but some nice hoodies, high quality, perfect gift uh, Christmas gifts for anybody out there looking to shop. Yep, love it. Go to the golf.com pro shop and click on the Birdie Juice collection and go get amongst it. And also, sleazy, you've been seeing our Doers bottles here if you've been watching on YouTube. And this holiday season, make it personal with Doers custom bottles. Choose between Doers 12-year or Doers 15-year scotch whiskey. Craft a message and receive a bottle with your message on the front label delivered right to your door. Make it funny, make it sappy, make it personal. Either way, you have 44 characters to say it, so make it count. Head over to customlabels.doers.com to get started. All right, Sleaze, and by the way, a lot of action this week, but I'll be honest, golf kind of stole the headlines. I mean, I know it's football season and all, but the PNC Championship, the parent-child Tiger Woods and Charlie Woods, they didn't win, but my God, were they the talk of the sport, the sporting world. They basically won, and they were getting all the hype leading into it. We talked about it on the radio show for three consecutive days, and at the time, I was kind of thinking, like, all right, I want to be careful about how hyped I get for a 12-year-old's golf game. You know what I mean? Like, let's all just taper the expectations here. The kid's 12. He's going out there. It, I mean, not only is he playing in front of cameras and stuff, he's done it before. He did it last year, but this time's different. It's Tigers. It's his dad's return. Every media member in the world is going to be there. People are tweeting about it. Like, let's just chill out and how much attention we're giving this 12-year-old. Like, this could be tough sledding. And by God, <laughs> by the end of the tournament, I was like, all right, skip all these people. I want to see Charlie hit it. Dude, the game was a joke. I, I was yeah. floored by how good it was. And I'm one to not get too hyped up, like I said, about a 12-year-old's golf game. Well, I think the difference, too, was obviously Tiger was making his comeback. But last year when he played, people were raving about his game. There was no crowds there. It was just the TV cameras were there. But this time, I mean, there were thousands of people out following this kid around going crazy. He had security walking next to him. And nothing seemed to phase him. I mean, the shots he hit coming down the stretch mm -hmm. to the, the back right pin on 16 was unreal. The par 3 17th. He hit it the closest of anyone all day. Just drew one into a left or right win with a five iron to like six feet, five feet. Makes birdie. I was shocked they didn't birdie 18. That would have been fun to see it make it a little more exciting. But, dude, unbelievable Charlie Woods. You are a superstar in the making. I mean, there's going to be a lot of expectations, uh, like you, you said on it. There <laughs> might be some expectations. But, my God, I mean – I tell you what, he has got off to an incredible start. Yeah, I hope he enjoyed his private life, well, the 11 and a half years that he had it, because he's not going to be able to make a move in the golf world from now on without the whole world knowing about it. Every junior tournament, his scores, what he's winning. But like you said, like 12 years old, I don't know how great the 12-year-olds are anymore these days, but I can guarantee you there's not a whole lot of guys fading five irons to back right pins with water on the right and then turning around and drawing it in, into the wind on the next hole with water left. And not only that, like how many – 12 plus footers did we see him make and he wasn't putting second tiger putted second most of the time so he was the first one hitting and he ran a few by or whatever but how many did he hold I yeah mean, he tons of dude, putts like the, the whole arsenal was was unbelievable his entire game was just awesome to me and i mean his demeanor he just looked so mature i mean wasn't going crazy fist pumping out there just pick the coin up toss it back to his pop say i got this one bud yeah it was but, business but i think i mean People were talking before the week, like, I mean, he's well down in the rankings as far as, like, junior golf in Florida, which is shocking to me from what I've seen. How is, does he just he, not play? I, I don't know. But, I mean, if you go out, 
I would have to imagine the next junior tournament he plays in, he's going to have to be like, well, this is easy. No. There's no TV cameras. There's not thousands of people watching me. This is going to be great. It might also suck. I'm not signing autographs. I'm not getting interviewed, things like that. But, I mean, I, I don't know. The, the caliber of golf of 12-year-olds in Florida must be a joke or else he's not playing anything. And the scary thing is, like, at that age, distance matters so much. There's some kids that are bigger. They hit it way further. It's a massive advantage. As things, as you get older, that starts to all kind of even out. That kid hasn't even hit his growth spurt yet. The golf swing, just leave it alone. It looks flawless. And just let him get bigger, bigger, bigger. He's going to start hitting bombs out there. And it can be scary. But like I said, it's he's 12 years old. There's a long ways to go. He's not even old enough to get to all the stuff that can distract you from having a good golf game yet. Uh, but right now, shit looks pretty good. I mean, look, here we are, however many minutes in this podcast. Tiger Woods just made his return to golf for the first time nine months plus, And we haven't even said one thing about Tiger. I'll tell you one thing. I, I'm about to talk about Tiger because what I noticed watching, he was into it. You could see he had, I mean, he was focused. He was wanting to win that golf tournament. He was so disappointed when he missed that putt on 18. You could tell, but it was just, it was cool to see those competitive juices get going for Tiger. And I just really, really thought like he was into it there. He wasn't going fist pumping, anything like that. He was focused, just quiet, you know, fist bumps with, with Charlie. He, he was on a mission. Both of them were business. I mean, there was a shot they got the first day. Tiger had missed the green on a par three from like 200 yards. He missed the green. They had the camera on Charlie, and he kind of like rolled his eyes like, oh, my God, I can't believe he missed, just missed the green from 200. I'm like, that's the best player to ever play the game of golf right there. But on Tiger, uh, Justin Thomas alluded to this as well. How, I mean, how much further along is he than we even thought? I mean, it wasn't that long ago. He was just hitting the short iron on the range. We kind of thought that was the beginning. Then we got a glimpse of him hitting some fairway woods and drivers down at the Hero. And then this week, I mean, I saw him on the second day. He got up to 174-mile-an-hour ball speed. I mean, dude, that's... That's Not, above to our you average. Can, you can golf your ball. That's Colin Morikawa plus, probably, or thereabouts. I mean, you can get it done at 174. And that was with a like just a big cut that he hit on that shot, too. Yeah, I mean, he'll. I think in four more months, which is when we're hoping he'll play golf again, I mean, he's going to be 177, 178-ish. I would imagine he's going to continue to heal and get better. The limp wasn't the greatest thing. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. The one thing, it was pretty pronounced. I mean, he was riding mm -hmm. in a cart everywhere when he was walking up to the greens or, you know, to his ball in the fairway. It was noticeable. So I guess the question, I mean, golf swing-wise, he's got four more months. You expect that to progress to the point where, like, yeah, that's good enough to go out there and compete. Is it, I think the only question now is, like, can he get around? Well, it sounds like he knows when he's going to play next. For If you listen to what Lee Trevino said, mm -hmm. they're interviewing Lee. He goes, listen, I'm not going to give you all anything, but he's told me when he's playing. So that, I mean, he's obviously has something in mind. He's not sharing it right now because, obviously, things could happen. But expect to see him tee it up in 2022. I think he knows exactly when he's playing. I think he knows exactly everything he's going to do from today till that tournament. <laughs> There's nothing that happens by accident with Tiger Woods. And I think there was a little, I don't want to call it sandbagging, but when he was down at the Hero, he was like, look, let's just keep the expectations low. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, I can't, I, not to the point where I can hear my ball land, but I'm pretty close to it, talking about how short he's hitting. And then he comes out the next week and he's got 174 mile an hour ball speed. I think he's just purposely setting that bar low. Let's not get it to, if he comes out and says, yeah, I'm going to play again and I'm going to win again. Then all of a sudden the bar's up there, and it's like mm -hmm. if he doesn't win, it's a disappointment. Now he's just set it to the point like I hope I come back and play. But everything I saw this week, assuming he can walk around a golf course for 72 holes, the golf game will be ready in four months if that's when we're thinking at Augusta. Well, I'm so excited from what it was I saw. fun, dude. Yeah, it was awesome. I was surprised how much I enjoyed I mean, watching listen, it. The Dallas Cowboys were playing at the same time as this PNC championship was going on, and I was flipping back and forth. 
probably honestly watching more golf than football since they were killing the Giants. I was literally watching it, and we, like I said, we talked about it all week on radio. I was like, dude, the kid's 12. Let's relax. Like, it's going to look like a 12-year-old. Sure, he's going to be probably better than the average 12-year-old, but let's just chill out. And then by the end of it, I was like, when he started hitting these little carvers and rolling in putts and throwing the coin, I was like, give me more. More. He, he's going to win more majors than more. his dad. <laughs> just, yeah, do like you do his dad and just follow him down the fairway. I want to see this kid go. It was, a, it was really impressive. But we do have to congratulate John Daly, John yeah. Daly the second. John Daly's been a guest here on Golf Subpar. Incredible performance. I know this is one that they've wanted to win for a long time. They've been close. It was really, really cool to see Daly at the top of the leaderboard. It was, it was really cool. I mean, John played well. Little John played well. Little John booms it, by mm -hmm. the way. He moves it out there really good. And we talked about it going into the week. Like, their odds on the I, – I don't know all the kids out there and how good they are, but I know Little John's pretty damn good. I know John can still hit it and it's pretty damn good. They were going like 11-1 to 1 or something yep. out there. That, and that thing cashed. 27 under set the scoring record. They played. Yeah, that was that was really cool to see. Congratulations to John Daly and John Daly the second. All right, it's time to get – to a very special guest. I know you're excited about this. I've have had the pleasure of playing golf with this man, but you're a huge fan of stand-up comedy. Yeah. And this man, Bill Ingvall, one of the best to ever do it, sat with us in studio, and it was a blast. Some great stories leading up. I'm super intrigued by this. I, I genuinely believe it. Playing golf on PJ Tour is a very hard job. It's hard to stay there. There's no guarantees. Standing on a stage in front of hundreds, thousands of people, whatever it is, and just getting up there with a mic and saying, make me laugh. And if you don't, I hate you. Yep. <laughs> it's maybe the hardest job in the world. So to have a guy that's actually done it, done it successfully and done it for a long time, hearing the stories about the come up, there's a lot of parallels you can draw, actually, between that and golf. you got to start from nothing, go through some bullshit, and then hopefully you get to the big stage like uh, like he does. Yeah, he's had a – it's a hell of a story. I mean, going from wanting to go to college and be a teacher to being a stand-up comedian, which is pretty far apart. Yeah, slightly. <laughs> but it all worked out pretty well. Obviously, Did okay. You'll know Bill Ingvall from Blue Collar Comedy with Jeff Foxworthy, Larry the Cable Guy and um, Ron White. You probably said, here's your sign a bunch of times in your life. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, before we get to billing, well, we got to talk a little bit about our guys over at Rockform, the best golf speaker on the planet. You use it. I use it. We're out there getting amongst it with these guys. Sleaze, I, I am so passionate about this speaker. I tell everyone, if you're going to take, I mean, it's Christmas season. What, what mm -hmm. else? Would, golf speaker's a great gift. There's only one option in my mind, Rockform. This thing, the best magnet, I've ever seen. There's no chance this thing's going to fall off your golf Period. cart. Period. You could put Zero. it on a space shuttle. It is unbelievable. It's waterproof. The best battery life you could possibly ever have. I played, no joke, I went to Pebble Beach. I played five days in a row. Didn't charge it. Came home. It was in my golf bag. Kind of forgot. I was like, oh, there might be a little juice left. Went. Still made it through the whole round easily. No problem. That's the best thing about it because every golfer likes to have a speaker. Every golfer likes to go out there and play it for the entire round. Then what do you do after the round? You turn it off, put it in your bag. Boom, you forget about it. You don't charge it. Next day you show up and you get the little ping, ping. And it's mm -hmm. like, oh, shit, I got no music for today. This thing goes for days. I mean, it's it's crazy how long you can use it. You get everything you'd get from one of these super high-priced speakers, and it doesn't cost you the near as much especially if you use our code on it but like i'm i'm being perfectly perfectly honest i use it every single round that i play with and i rarely have to charge the thing and it's a, it's a 10. yeah and it frees up your cup holder more room for transfusions Correct. or doers whatever you want to put in there but it is incredible you can put two speakers together make it really really loud but like you said it's a great holiday gift go to rockform.com and enter code subpar for 25 percent off that's r-o-k-f-o-r-m.com enter code subpar for 25 percent off all right, here he is, Bill Ingvall on Golf Subpar. Okay, looking forward to this one. This man here with us today has been making people laugh for a long time. He's a stand-up comic, actor, member of the highly successful Blue Collar Comedy Tour, and created the phrase, or at least made it popular, here's your sign. 
Bill Ingvall, welcome. Hey, man, this is a, a this is an honor, man. I was when Colt got hold of me, I was like, yeah, because I watch it on uh, the is it Instagram or Instagram, YouTube, or YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, yeah, I watch yeah. it on Instagram because I see the. And so I've been following you guys. And when Colt reached out, I go, yeah, hell yeah, I'll do it. Because Colt not, and I, we've been buddy for, for a long time. We, Colt and I are like that that couple that they split up and then they kind of go their way and we kind of hook up again. And then we, and, everybody, and it's always in a different location. Yeah, little loving's fate. better than no loving. <laughs> this right. fate it all comes <laughs> back around. Not too often, Sleaze is the third funniest person on this show. Right, exactly. God, this is going to be tough to swallow, dude. <laughs> it's going to be tough. To, I'm going to have to really turn it up. I, yeah. I tell you, the first time I met Colt, uh, was in Orlando. Uh, they had they used to have the Disney, which was a great tournament. Uh, just because you, you know they gave you like a thousand park passes, and mm-hmm. you know if you had kids and stuff. And I was I was just giving them out to people. And what was funny was that people I'd give them to people. I go I see a family. And I go Hey, you guys want park passes? And their their first reaction would look at me like What what? Like why are you doing this? And I go I just can't use them. Yeah. So we were so I got paired. So the the tournament was you played with. Two pros, one one day, one the next day. So I got paired up with Colt, and uh, he didn't know me, and I didn't really know him that well. And we started, and the first hole was a par five. And I was playing with Colt, and Colt was smashing the ball. That is not true. <laughs> right, You're right, starting off the line. Anything you say from so, this point well, forward, well, it was from really bullshit. straight. From my perspective, it went really straight. straight. <laughs> bombs from Colt. But I birdied the first hole with a pop, and Colt's like, "Hey, all right, we're gonna have some," you know. And we were cutting up and laughing, and uh, and then I, because I'm playing with a pro, so I, I, I like I can't hit with them, so I'm just gonna do my little swing, and then I started scoring, and all of a sudden, then I started caring. Mm-hmm. And then, yep. and I'll never forget. And I use this. I, I took this advice, and I still have it on my bag. I, sometimes I have it in my bag. I wrote it down. It, it about we were about number thirteen, and in, in the game, it started to to dwell down into the darkness. And Colt goes, Bill, <laughs> when you don't give a shit, you hit the ball pretty damn good. It's <laughs> true. Yeah, yeah. And he was right. It was like it was the perfect. It was a perfect thing to say because now I'm trying to like push it down there further, and it's like. It was going left, right. So, but to this day, I I wish I'd have, I wish I'd have brought it. I'd have showed you. Uh, I when we finished the day, we were tied for first, and I have a picture of the PGA scoreboard that says Nost Ingvall, and it was. And then then I got stuck with another guy the next day. I don't know who you went with, but I I, I was like. <laughs> lobbying everybody i go just let me keep playing with cold and they go no we gotta switch that it up that's true I, I tried to as well that was the last time my name was on the top of a leaderboard yeah there's a short list of guys that lean into that that you want to get and then there's oh, some that man. just couldn't get yeah. two shit the other guy in our group Mallinger, you know nobody really wanted to play with him no, Mal, that's a tough yeah. one they can't all be winners you got no. you got at least one though. i will tell you a funny story uh, uh Mally was playing at the uh it's god it's been so many things now at the Riv- at riviera mm-hmm. uh and so Mallinger plays out played out of uh uh, Virginia Country Club, where we belonged, and you know him and Cook and Cantley was just a little kid at that time, uh, and so I had no manager. So we're we're walking around, uh, and I think you were playing in Riviera. It was a, better been Thursday, Friday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't play many weekends there, and and so I saw manager. I go, and, and I don't know who his caddy was, but I'm sure the caddy had no idea who I was. And I saw him. He was like just like about a half a fairway away. I went, Hey, Mally. He goes, His name's Mallinger. I'm like, oh, okay. 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 Johnny, control your people. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Take yourself so seriously. Like, hey, I'll just sit here and watch. I love it. Let's talk a little bit about your golf game. Okay. First off, did you start young? When did you get into it? No. How is it? You know what? I, 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 okay. 
so I, 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 we lived in Winslow, Arizona. Uh, which, if you've never been to Winslow, you haven't missed much. Isn't that in a song? Yeah, it's it, yeah. It's it, was in a song. it was an yeah. Eagle song. Yeah. Uh, which, uh, by the way, they weren't in Winslow. They were actually in Flagstaff, but that Flagstaff didn't fit into the song as well as Winslow did. So Winslow just took it. Uh, and so I learned. I learned from. I just took my dad's club. I'm left-handed, and he was right-handed. So I just taught myself, uh, and picked up really bad habits. And then I really started taking it more seriously. I guess probably 15 years ago. Uh, or however long it's been, it may be longer than that when we play. Yeah. But I really started trying to work it because I love golf. Uh, it, there's something about the sport. If it was any other sport, I'd have quit because it's just not worth the frustration. But, you know, it's just you get every once in a while you hit that shot that is like a pro, whether it's a chip or a, a, a drive, Not probably not drive anymore these days. But, the, uh, but I just love the game of golf. And so I got down to about an eight, uh, which – then I went, wow, if I took lessons, I could be oh, a five. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I went from eight to 15. Is that because of Zach Vinyl? Yeah. No, it makes sense. But I, that's, I, I, love, I love that because I think the reason I love golf is because it's just you and the course. It's not you. I'm not playing against you. It's just we're each playing the same course, and whoever has the lower score is going to win. And it's, uh, it's just one of the most wonderful my favorite time to play is in the evening, like like about four o'clock. Yeah, and there's nobody out there, and just there's something about when you just pure that shot, whether it's you know a seven iron with a baby draw, or it's you know you hit that drive that just goes wow. That was, and and I love walking. That was one of the reasons I got my knee fixed because I, I love walking, of course. Because uh, you you generally if I'm in a cart, we're rushing up to you know you're rushing up the ball and you're hitting, you're not getting a chance to really. I always love what uh, Nicholas told uh, Cantley when he said, "Look around, mm -hmm. enjoy what you got here, man." Because it's like, but I think that's kind of what golf's become. In in a way, I'm kind of sad about that. Is it? It's become well, it's big business. I mean, it's huge. But these guys are all. You see them come out and they're having fun and they're laughing and cut speed jumping up and down and high bumping his caddy when he chips it in and then all of a sudden they, there's something that turns and it becomes a job and it, when it becomes a job then it's then you can see that they just don't have as much like poor Justin Thomas I mean I think you know personally I love the guy love him mm -hmm. but I just think he got into his head and he, it, that this is a job and he, he stopped having fun I tell you we joke about that all the time like since I quit recently like the first year after I quit I would text my old swing instructor and be like God, man, I'm hitting it so good. This game is so easy now. He's like, because you don't care. Right. Mm -hmm. You don't give a shit. He goes, I wish you would tell my tour players this. But it's it's so hard as you a tour player it, yeah. to play and not care. Well, no. And, and by the way, you know, uh, my friends call me the best second ball hitter on the planet because mm -hmm. I can shank a ball out of bounds and then drop another ball and be perfect. And, so he goes, and my coach, Dick Hyland up at D.C. Ranch, said it's because you don't care. Exactly. He said you got to get that thought you in, trust the second one. Yeah, it's, yeah, and it doesn't matter because you're not going to be able to count it. Yeah. So. yeah, it's like so counterintuitive. It's like the less you try, the better. Well, you know what I mean? There's nothing else swing, in life. The further like, it goes, it's yeah. like you know, I try to crank on these balls, and it's like, and if I just, it, it was funny. Uh, one day we were playing. I was getting ready to go play, and uh, Dick said, "Do me a favor." He said, "Today I don't want you. To, he said, I don't want you to just swing every club like you do a seven iron." He said, and "Just come tell me what happens," and I was like, "Okay, you're fired." <laughs> yeah, you're fired. Yeah, that's not what I want to hear. Played one of the best rounds of my life just because yeah. I didn't, you know, it was just like every ball. I thought there's no way I'll get on in regulation and par fives, and I was. 
And it was just like, okay, maybe there is something to this. But but it's just, I always say golf is like that psychotic girlfriend you want to break up with. That you just get to that point and then she sleeps with you and it's so good. <laughs> and you go, all right, I'm back in for six more months. Yep. <laughs> that booty call. Golf is a booty call. It <laughs> is. Everything else is a disaster. But, but yeah. I mean, always but go back to I'm it. having fun. I'm, I, I love playing. My wife, and I love that Gail loves to play. Uh, she plays, she is insane with it. I mean, she's at home right now. She's sick. And I know... It's not even that she feels bad; it's that she can't be out playing. Mm-hmm. I heard she owns you on the golf course. Oh, she does own me. She and you know what? Never taken a lesson. She just has her <laughs> little swing, and it's just. Uh, she, but I will tell you a funny story because I used to get so frustrated. I'd be like, she'd be like, "Why are you getting so mad at this game?" And I'm like, "Just whatever." And then she started getting better, and all of a sudden, a little more swear words started coming. I'm like, "Well, why are you getting so upset about yeah, it, babe?" He's <laughs> yeah, up. I heard a great story. I was playing with Clint Black one day. And you oh hit, you, hit, God, you yeah. hit one of those fantastic shots that keep you Dude. coming back, and then something happened. I hit a shot. It was a par three. It was 180 yards, and which is by the, the, the other thing interesting about golf. You can remember every mm-hmm. shot, every yardage. Mm-hmm. And I hit this ball, and I was it landed on the green and started breaking left and stopped about a foot from the hole. And so Clint, we're playing with Clint Black because he was doing the concert that night in, in Glenwell. And uh, Clint plays a little golf, and we had a great time. And so we go to the forward tees, and uh, Gail gets up and hits this ball, and Clint Black standing behind her, and he goes, "There's Gail Ingvall. She's just taking a an eight iron. She's got a nice smooth swing there. It's flying. It's on the green, rolling. It's in the hole. Hole in one. Called by Clint Black." <laughs> And the funny story was the only thing she was thinking about was she goes, I want to do better than you did. Yep. And I go, what the? There's <laughs> only 11 inches in there to work with. Yeah. yeah. I've got the picture of it. Don't worry. Yeah, dude, One of your little great, friends about to be the picture. Awesome. We might have to get it on the show. And by the way, this last summer, she did it again. Yeah, she sampled you up. She got Same two? Hole. Yeah. Mm. I only had one. That'll keep you coming I, back. I didn't even see it. It was an elevated green at, Glen, at Virginia Country Club. Mm-hmm. And I hit, we were playing in a couple thing. It was early in the morning, and uh, it's a really high up raised green. And uh, so I hit the ball, and I go, okay, that should be on. And this guy walks to the edge and looks back, and he goes like this. He's pointing down. And I go, ah, oh, it's in the trap. you know. And then I go, well, why, why, why would a guy do that? Why yeah. would he walk up and just say, hey, you're in the trap, you know, kind of being a jerk. And walk up and he goes, hey, hold on one. I'm like, well, what? No, you didn't get to see it. <laughs> no. Were you getting to play, because you've been touring for so long, did you get to play on, I mean, Blue Collar, you got a couple other guys, or at least Ron one played, that loves Ron golf. Plays, uh, yeah. Dan is, he'll play 36. He's Larry. 72 holes. Yeah, Larry the Kid, we mm-hmm. play 72 holes in a day. He lives out here in the winter yeah. as well. But yeah, yeah. He, uh, I don't know if there's a club out here he doesn't belong to. <laughs> uh, but but you know what, he loves it, and it's great. And uh, But I think your question, the hard thing is to, when you, you know, we would fly in and just do the show and then fly out. So we didn't really have time to, to go play. And, uh, but yeah, Ron plays a lot of golf. Uh, and uh, it would have, that would have been a lot of fun to be able to do that. Cause we, you know, I've got to play the best courses. I'll tell you my favorite golf story. We were, play, we did a, 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 a golf tour uh, over in Scotland and Ireland. And for nine days, we had, even the caddies were like, you guys, this weather's never like this. It was like sunny. 70 degrees and so every for nine days we had that kind of weather the last day we're playing uh oh uh, what's the course i'm having a senior moment then it's in ireland it's the number one golf royal county down royal county down 
sideways rain, mm, wind. That's not a good one to be no. on. <laughs> and so we, and, and when the bus pulled in with the, oh, there's like 40 golfers. You could just see the look on there like, oh God, they showed up. Mm-hmm. And so I, I didn't even hit a driver. I just said, I'm going to hit a five iron off the tee just because you know, I just wanted to play nine holes because it was just miserable. And uh, so I hit my tee shot and it literally rolls into a puddle of water. So just the top third of the ball is sticking out. And the caddy goes, and I'll do a horrible, I do a horrible Irish accent. He goes, he goes, you can take it out of there you want. And I go, would Ben Hogan have taken it out of the water? I don't think he would have. And I took a hybrid and I flushed this ball. And it dropped about seven feet from the pin. And he goes, Christ, he's going to want to play 18. <laughs> I was That's like, no, dude, we're done. We're done. I love it. Are you a guy like when you're home on the weekends, you watching a lot of golf? Always. I uh, love the golf. Uh, I, I'm just... You know what? I, I'll tell you what I watch a lot. I, I For just enjoyment, I watch the PGA. But if I really want to watch somebody, the LPGA, these girls are just insane. I mean, it's just another level. And, and the pros, too. They just, and so I, I love watching uh, on TV. And, and I love I love what you do on it. You know, it's like, it, I, I think I love the fact that you keep it light. and uh, But you watch these guys. And, of course, you know, they're putting for their, you know, their life. I mm-hmm. mean, it's their card. It's like... You know, I'm I'm standing over a five foot putt for you know to win the the, the skin, but now you say, hey, by the way, this putt's worth three million dollars. Yeah, <laughs> There's yeah. Some, you get a little pucker factor. There. Majors, everything. But yeah, I love I love watching golf. Just uh, like uh, I mean, obviously the Masters, but uh, I love I love the tournaments. The, the they're really getting some nice courses, uh, and I like I like uh, I like Jack's tournament a lot just Memorial. because. You know, he's, Jack is figuring, you know, everybody's like, well, how do, there, you know, all the conversation about how do we, you know, these guys are hitting the ball too far. Jack just lets the rough grow up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's, I mean, it's, I got to play Eastlake uh, two weeks before the NCAAs. Do, if you hit the ball six inches off the fairway, you couldn't find your ball. Yeah. I mean, it literally just would drop down. And, and of course, then there's always that the kid that was catting for us. He goes, he goes, yeah, he goes, they play this par five as a par four. I'm like, you know what? I don't really need to know that. Plays <laughs> as a par six. Yeah. My favorite was when we were playing golf one time in Ohio, and somebody said, we hit a ball. They go, Nancy Lopez hit it from this tee, and she's about 600 yards past you. Thank you. When you're watching your Texas guy, who do you root for? You got guys that you pull for more uh, than others? Yeah, I mean, Spieth, I, I, I really like Jordan a lot. Uh but, you know, it's funny because all the guys I grew up with now are on the senior tour or they're done, you know. it's uh, But there's I still I still like the uh, – Spieth's my, one of my favorites. Uh, I just love the I – love, I love his game because he, he's – we're a lot alike in the sense that just, just nonstop talking to yourself. I mean, if you, watch, if you watch me play, I'm just talking, like, okay, I got to get – If there was 144 Spieths out there each week, I wouldn't have a job. I would do nothing. <laughs> We don't need commentators, right? The uh, now, so let me ask you: What's the fa- what's your what's your favorite course you ever played? Ever, ever. Well, I played Augusta a few weeks ago, so that's probably up there. But I got never heard it. of it. Never, yeah, yeah. I, all right. So I bet he's played it more than I have. No, I, I did play it, but I'm gonna tell you my this is my favorite golf story. So we're playing Augusta. It's two weeks after the Masters. All the signage is still up, and I'm playing with Ozzy Smith, the Hall of yeah. Fame shortstop. And uh, we get to number twelve, and the, and I, you know I'm playing okay. Uh, I was I was really amazed by uh, Augusta from the member tees. It's not that tough a course. No, it's big, wide fairways. The greens are everything mm-hmm. that you see on TV. For those who are listening, it, it is in, it's like putting on glass. And so we get to number twelve. It's at par three over Ray's Creek, and the caddy goes. Uh, 
He goes, let's let's hit a six iron. So I said, okay. And I was, you know, I'm, I'm in Augusta. I'm, I'm not even thinking golf, really. I'm just, which sounds weird, but it's just so beautiful. And uh, I hit this ball, and I swear, as soon as it hit, left the club, he goes, oh, man. I'm like, what? And he goes, that is tracking. That's tracking. And I'm watching it, and it is. And it hits on the green, and he goes, there it goes, there it goes. Hits the pin, rolls 45 feet off down into the creek. God <laughs> oh, damn. I said, if I'd Flew have into the flag? It, no, it, oh, hit, it was... on the, hit on the green, and but that's how quick the greens were. It hit on the green and rolled and hit the pin square and then kicked it off, and it rolled. I said, if, I'd, if I'd have gotten a hole-in-one on that hole, oh. I would have I quit golf. That was my favorite hole. Like when I first I, – I worked the Masters this past year. But when I got to that tee box, that's when it hit me. I'm like, my God, this place is incredible. It is It is insanely beautiful. Uh, and just the history of it. You know, you walk through the clubhouse and mm -hmm. there's, you know, all the putters, that got clubs that guys have. Uh, but it was interesting because we had a, uh, I played with a member, uh, which I think you have to. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I was peppering him with questions and he was he was <laughs> deflecting them left and right. But uh the uh, Ozzie Smith had one of the funniest lines. He, the guy was, do you remember when Louis Oosthuizen got the double eagle? Mm -hmm. Yeah, number two. Okay, and he threw the ball into the crowd. They said within thirty seconds there was about eight guys in green jackets around him. Really? And I and that ball is now they wanted, yeah. it, that ball's in the Augusta Hall of Fame. And I said, well, what happened with the what they give the people? And Ozzie goes, I bet they didn't pay for Masters tickets ever again. That's a good point. Yeah, hell of a deal. I was actually on property. I was the only one I've ever been to, and I was out there on 12T, 11 Green, watching that, and we heard it, and no one knew what was happening. Obviously, right. you're not watching it, and then they got the scoreboard right there. A guy walks over, goes to Louie, and drops it three, and one, and like everyone then freaked out. Yeah, that, out there it was crazy. It, you know, it's funny because when you watch it on TV. And you hear the roars and stuff, but it's that's one of the beauties of Augusta is you can't really see unless you're mm -hmm. right there, and so it's that anticipation, like what is what you know, yeah. and there's no like jumbotrons with yeah, no, you can't see anywhere. It's not, yeah, and there's different roars like there's tiger roar, there other this was oh, like yeah. early the leaders had just teed off and that happened and we we're like what something yeah, weird yeah. just happened and they came of, over it's, it's the only place where as the just a golf fan. You, if you do get the chance to play it, or even if you're just out there watching, you remember all the shots that guys hit oh, I from bet. certain sure, places. Yeah, like, yeah. I remember I was telling him today, we were talking about the Masters on our Sirius XM show, and I said, I got to 18, and I remember the year Jordan won, on Saturday he hit it way right up in the crowd on his second shot. Mm -hmm. and the pin was back right, and he flopped to like two feet. And I remember Jim Nance saying, this kid is incredible. And I looked from where he hit that, and I'm like, holy hell. Like, yeah. How did he do that? Like, well, or Bubba's shot out oh, of the tree. That's just not even like no, yeah, It's, it's like, hard to even fathom that. Yeah, it fills out of the even fills out of the pine yeah. straw. Like the, the fact that he took that chance is just it's well, crazy. you know, and and it's interesting. It, you are you guys know this, but like when we got to eighteen, you know, we we're just playing from the member tees. The guy said, "Come on back here. I want to show you where the pros are from." <laughs> it's like y'all for those years. It's like hidden through a door, mm -hmm. like a door jam. It's and then he said, "Now add ten people deep, twenty people deep." Yeah, and you and, can't feel your hands. No, yeah. I was one of the things. I was I thought Tiger had. I went. I was reading a uh, stuff about Tiger. And, they said that when he was playing at the peak, that that when he was getting ready for the Masters, that he used to go and would hit, would hit a ball from a hundred yards to the green, and then just sprint to the green, and then he would putt. And they said, "Why are you doing?" That? He goes, "Because when you're at Augusta on 18, he goes, that's what your heart's doing." When it's that's just, why sleeves, shotguns are red. Bull that's why I drink so much. Red. It's the only way to mimic the nerves, dude. I was well, all I needed to do was get to a place where I was got nervous. It was a big enough moment. I just couldn't get there. Well, I would have been ready. Scott Hoke, the world. I mean, that would be me. Yeah. 
two foot putt yeah. to win. You the wouldn't Masters? make any, You wouldn't make That's your it. worst enemy putt normally. No, no. You would if you if you're playing with your guys. You're just thinking. hundred percent. Yeah. Slap that one back. Yeah. I, but that, that. But that's the beauty of golf. I mean, it's just like there's just so much going on, and you know when you and, and I love what you know. There's guys like I still to me still Ernie L's got one of the greatest swings. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I could have that just that him or uh, uh, oh uh, Colin Morikawa. Oh, just you like that. I don't even, he I wasn't don't, such a dick. I, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's got a PR problem. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. He, he won't be around long. I just, I just watch their swings and I go, where is that power coming from? You know, it's like they look like they're just like I played. Uh, I used to do commercials uh, for Bama Jams, which is a subsidiary of Welch's. And one of the perks was I got to play in the LPGA tournament in Tucson. I played with Meg Mallon and with uh, uh, Annika Sorenstam. Uh, and Julie Inkster, mm. and it would be me and two exe- you know, corporate executives, and then the pro. The guys look like at the end of eight, look like we just gone nine rounds with Mike Tyson. These girls didn't even break a sweat. I mean, they're just and they're just. And Julie Inkster could be one of the funniest people I've ever met. So in my she's life. coming on the show soon. I was just with her. Oh, at please she give is, her a hug for me. Oh, Tell she her I is love fantastic. Her to death. I love Julie Inkster. She we, likes to have a good time too. Heard some rave reviews about. Oh, Ms. she's Inkster. got some of the best jokes and jokes you you just go, what? <laughs> That's Maybe we get to tell some of them. Yeah, I mean, you coming from you to say someone's got good. Oh, jokes. I'm gonna tell you something. Thank God Julie Inkster didn't go on tour because of the comedian because <laughs> I'd have been out of work. Who is the best golfer out of the guys on the blue collar? Um, I guess at Foxworth they didn't play. No, he didn't really play that much. Uh. I haven't seen Larry's game lately. I heard it's gotten good. I think probably from what I've heard, I think Ron probably has a more consistent game. I'm, I, you know, I can you hold can my yourself. own. With him. Yeah, you can say yourself. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I can, I, you know, I, I always thought one of the funnest things I wanted to do was have a do like a charity thing, like a charity match. Ron, me, and Larry, and just you know, we all the money would just go to a charity, mm-hmm. and we would play for you know, just play better ball. And we can uh, still do that. Yeah, that, that's that's not uh, off the table. The uh, I would love to do that. Yeah, I tell you, one of my favorite stories I heard about Larry was uh, when he first started playing golf. They had gone to Pebble Beach, which was that was one of my dreams. Was for you quit was that you and I would get to play Pebble Beach together. Oh. That would have been just the that would have been the crowning jewel of my golf career. The uh, but uh, I was talking to to Larry and he said, yeah, man, I shot a 85 at uh, Pebble Beach. I said, what? I go, wow, that's great. And his buddy pulled me and said, we're playing off the best drive. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> By the way, if that would have been the crowning moment of your golf, the partners I've had in the past would disagree with you. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even care. We just, it just did, we had, Colt and I had so much fun just because we just kind of were kind of the same simpaticos and it's just, I just had, it, it was so fun to be, and I got to tell you, this sounds goofy, but it's different when you're inside the ropes. Mm-hmm. It's like you've got, I don't, I, I literally, it could be you standing two feet from me, but there's a rope between us, and it just makes all the difference. It's like, that was what I loved, or, you know, the, the, the American century, they, you've, you got that chance to feel like a pro, mm-hmm. and, uh, but it was, uh, it was one. Of, I got. I'm. I got another Pebble Beach story. For you. <laughs> so uh, my manager took me to Pebble Beach. I'd never played it, and uh, so we get there. We stay at the lodge. We got caddies. We're you know early tea time. Perfect. Everything's perfect. Uh, and I birdied number one, and then I parred every hole through seven. Okay. 
So we get to that blind tee shot over the rock, and the caddy, you know, the caddy didn't know me from, he just sees what I'm playing today, and I was, I was having a great day. He said, just take it over that rock, edge of the fairway, we'll be home free. I hit it right over that rock, it rolled right to the edge of the fairway, he goes, three iron, we're good. I go, I can't hit a three iron. I gotta hit my three wood. And he goes, oh dude, you'll be 200 yards over the green. You can't, you, no, he got it. We argued for five minutes. He got me to hit a three iron, <laughs> took a 12 on the hole and shot a 104. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I mean, the wheel didn't even fault. wobble. They just went boom. But yeah. the first one, top end of the ravine, top end of the ravine or something? Mm -hmm. Three or four of them into the right down where could have just peeled yeah. a little three wood. I, I could have. That's a chippy three wood. It's not a full three wood. I knew what I needed to hit. Yeah. This like I was like I long's not. You real don't know my game, but yeah. let me just peel the three wood. Yeah, let me just do. I got this. I can. Yeah. I can back it off a little bit. Exactly. Well, I know we could talk golf all day, but you know this is the, you're the first comedian we've had on this show, and I know Sleaze is dying to get to because. You say you want to be a golfer. He wants to be a stand-up comedian. I think it's the hardest job and the cool, like the you know, very few people can do it at a very high level. I think it's the toughest thing in the world. See, I gotta tell you, I agree with you, uh, and I think Rodney Dangerfield has had it summed up just in a bit his bit of you get no respect. Uh, people uh, look at stand-up comedians like, well, just go up there and do your stuff. Just <laughs> go stand. be funny. Yeah, just go be funny. And uh, it's it's also though one of the most rewarding jobs in the world because I've been doing it for forty-two years now. And I got to be honest with you, if you'd have told me at, I'd be, when I first started, it would last that long, I'd have said you were high. Because it just, what, it, it's just, there's something that's really rewarding. And it, that when you can take people that don't know you, they don't know anything about you, and you can take them on this little journey. Uh, and it, right now, we really need, it's, it, it's hard now because the world's changed. People are different. Uh, but. I, I, I love stand-up, and I always said I wanted to go out on my own terms, uh, and, and I am. Uh, it's, uh, I'll, I'll probably miss it. There's times I'll miss it, but like, you know, the thing about stand-up that's hard, and a lot of people don't see this, is that they see you on stage for 75 to 90 minutes, and they think, oh, that's a great job. You know, they don't see the 22 and a half hours you're stuck mm -hmm. in a hotel room with no cable, <laughs> and you know, and when you know, I knew, that, I knew it was getting to be time I remember playing the improv in Vegas, at, uh, and we did 16 shows in seven days. Oof. And this last weekend, they said, we got two shows. I'm like, what? Oh, come on. <laughs> but, yeah. 16 and seven. Yeah, that was, that was three shows a night. And, uh, you know, you only were doing 20 minutes. It's, you know, but it's Vegas, and nobody really cares. The, uh, but, yeah, stand-up, is, it's, it's awesome. It's, uh, it's, it's kind of, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of golf, you know, a lot of golf. It uh, used to be we, we would kill our time by drinking. Uh, but then as you got older, you started playing golf. So, I, you know, when I was still doing the club circuit, uh, I would take my golf clubs with me and just go. I would literally go to the, I would find a local course. Like here, I remember coming here to Phoenix. We used to play the improv at Temp in Tempe. And I would go find a golf course, like a Muni course, and just give the pro tickets to the shows, and he'd let me play golf. And uh, and I, I had to stop telling other comedians about it because they would go screw it up. But <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, keep I, that tucked. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was the first time I was ever aware of the fact that in the summer in Phoenix you can pay for twenty five dollars, mm. and in the winter that same course is two hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, <laughs> so it's true yeah, story. A little different. It's kind of like golf, though, in a sense, is like. To start, you just like if someone wants to turn pro, you think you're good enough, dude, go do it. You hey, know listen, what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of similar with that. If you're funny, go. Yeah. Where was your first like? I'm doing comedy. This is it. This is my job. First performance. You know what? I honestly, please, I don't think it really hit me uh, until Here's Your Sign came out. Uh, but 
I, I should backstep that a little bit in the sense that when I won the American Stand Up, American Comedy Awards, stand, Best Stand Up in a Nightclub, uh, I knew I could hang then because it was the first time that they let the, the public vote. It was not just people sitting around a table going, well, that guy's funny. And, uh, but I knew I, I knew I had the chops. Uh, and uh, it was hard for me to. Uh, oh, what am I getting? Telephone. Agent? Oh, Got yeah. And, uh, it's, Vegas uh, residency? It's Tiger. That's weird. Oh, Tiger. <laughs> think about coming told back. You I'm busy. Yeah, he's, he's asking me, he keeps calling me, going, I think I should go back. No, no, don't. The, uh, <laughs> but no, stand up is one of the most wonderful. Uh, but, it, it, but it's never, you know, every comedian wants to be a singer. And every singer wants to be a comedian, and uh, both of them want to be golfers. So it's like, uh, you know, it's the, but they what they don't see is that that it really takes away your like. I got to give Gail credit, uh, you know, in 42 years of doing this, she's never once, you know, said why do you got to go? I'm here with the kids. You know, you know, this is not. Yeah, I'm sure she thought it, but it just made it so much easier for me uh, to, uh, to, to do what I wanted to do. And you know, it's great when I look back and, and it's a, I tell you, it's a, a gig that's easy to get caught up in what you haven't done. I got it. I got the brass ring. I caught it, you know, and, uh, I don't ever want to do this job just for a check. Uh, it, it was like last night we had two great shows. And when you're in that, that, that tunnel, man, and you're with the crowd and you're on the same wavelength and just, everything's just bam, bam, bam. There's, there's no better job. Now, conversely, there's been a lot of nights I wish I had a band and went, all right, boys, this one's for Play me off, play me off. Give me the worst. Every comic's had to have at least, I mean, to different degrees, just a complete disaster oh, of I, a, bit, or a uh, performance. And if they don't, it, you know, it, it, it's a lot like masturbation. If they tell you they haven't, they're lying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Who lies oh, that? That's probably not going to get on the air. No, that'll, no, that'll be <laughs> right. We're allowed to say whatever. We're going to lead with that, yeah. The, uh, but no, uh, yeah, I've had... Uh, What's the worst? Uh, the worst. Well, a the worst hecklers you can get are drunk women, because oh, you can't mm -hmm. you can't just slam them. You know you yeah. Got then it. you're a bully. You, yeah. Now you're like, hey, what's uh, what do you? But uh, I I did a <laughs> I did a job. It was a corporate gig. And this guy called me and he said, hey, I want you to do a show for our company. I said, he said we're an international company. I said, all right. He said it's gonna be a hundred guys. I said, okay, how many are international? How many are American? He goes, oh, it's it's like 90 Americans and 10 guys from other countries. I go, okay, great. So they flew me to Florida. I get there and I walk in the room and it's like a Fellini film. The room is pitch black dark. There's just a white hot spotlight on the stage. Come to find out it's 100 international guys and 10 Americans. Mm. And I start doing my show and there is not a titter. I mean, nothing. And I'm like, what the heck? And so I'm trying to do these shows, and out of the darkness, I hear this, do you do any South African jokes? <laughs> I go, dude, I'm from Texas. I just thought there was Africa. <laughs> they know we broke it up. <laughs> and so I kept trying, because you know they were paying me good money. But the, then the conversation started, I go, all right, look, you know what? In my head, I'm thinking, I'll give them their money back, just fly me home, you know, this, Get this me out is, of here. Yeah, and so finally I just said, guys, I go, I said, I just listened to a bead of sweat roll down the crack of my butt. I said, Let's, this just ain't working. I just and so, <laughs> so That I, had to hit, I, no? I, People, I, no matter where you're from, you've had some sweat dripped yeah. down your butt. And so I walked off stage and the guy goes, why'd you get off? And I go, because they're not laughing. He goes, we're British, we don't laugh. And I go, well, why are you hiring a comedian? So what I did was, and this is where you get that kind of life or death thing, not life or death, that's a little over the top, but... 
you really try to, I, so I, what I did was I got a beer and I went table to table and I told them the dirtiest jokes I knew and they loved it. The guy said, we want to book you next year. I go, now nah, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get out of here after this one. Yeah, but uh, there's, uh, yeah, you have those nights that, you know, especially in the clubs, you know, you know, I get emails pretty, you know, every once in a while that someone say, I want to be a comedian. I'm funny in the office. I go, now, go up to a nightclub, midnight show on a Saturday night when they're just too drunk to even go to pass mm. out. And if you can make those people laugh, then you can do it. But, you know, it's, I think right now it's, uh, comedy is starting to make its comeback because people need it. They, they, they need that release and that laughter. And it's, it's great to be able to, to uh, you know, give that to people. Where did the, uh, obviously everybody knows you for Here's Your Sign. Where did that all come about? Um, well, the bit used to be that I said, I thought stupid people should be slapped. Uh, which I still believe. Stand by that. Yeah, yeah. stand by that. But one day, uh, Gail was, uh, she's always looking out for me. She goes, you just don't look like the kind of guy that walks around slapping people. So this was, I'll never forget it. It was uh, like golf. I was in Omaha, Nebraska, working the Funny Bone Comedy Club, and you were there for like six days, so you had time to work on material. And I came up with this idea of a sign that just said, I'm stupid, and that whenever somebody did or asked something stupid, you just give them a sign. That way other people wouldn't rely on them. You know, they would say, oh, sorry, I didn't see your sign. And it got hugely popular to the point that I would, <laughs> this always made me laugh, I would sell, the, after the show, little paper signs with string on them. And it said, I'm stupid. And I'd sell them for a dollar a piece or two for five bucks. <laughs> two for five bucks, what a deal. Yep. You would be amazed at how many people Take two. Two for five, that's, yeah, that's a good deal. Right there. We could use two right yeah. around. I got a fiver in my pocket. Yeah, but the thing was, and, and it got... That that's what got me to where I'm at. That, yeah, that, that got hit. me. That got me to be a household name. Uh, but you know, even then, you know, people because Foxworthy had gone so fast, so far uh, that that was the name everybody knew. Mm -hmm. So he and I were always getting, you know, like, hey, love that, you know, you might be a redneck thing, and you know, and I was always like, yeah, that's Jeff Foxworthy, you yeah. know. And I said, Jeff, do you ever get people asking about here's your sign? He goes all the time. I go, what do you tell me? I go, tell them thank you. Go with it. The uh, but the, but that's where uh, you know it that 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 was the the golden nugget right there. And you know, and I didn't, I wasn't trying to write something. I didn't, you know, but like I I it it became the you know where's the beef of the eighties? It was like uh, you know I remember being in a, the first time I was in a grocery store and. Uh, the clerk, the register girl was doing something and she called the manager over and there. I was about three people back. So, you know, it wasn't like I was standing right there and uh, the manager did something. He goes, eh, here's your sign. I was like, Oh man, yeah. when people were saying yeah. it without me being there or knowing that I was there, that's when I thought that that's going to be, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's a guy. And it's something like everyone, you know, no matter age, young people, old people, whatever, it's one of those few things right. that like everyone can everybody, use. It's not you know what's funny controversial or when uh, Foxworthy and I had the same manager and uh, he had, you know, was in the stratosphere. And uh, so we were going to release the first album. We we're going to call it Here's Your Sign. And so, you know, all I'd seen was Jeff's work. I was like, oh man, here we go, baby. We figured they're rolling the money. <laughs> we released that Warner Brothers released the album, and the first week it sold a hundred copies across the country. We <laughs> sold one in Hawaii, and I was like, "What the hell? This this is supposed to be my skyrocket to?" Well, then we Travis Tritt and I did the song, and it went from a hundred copies a week to ten thousand a week, and it was uh, the song was number one on the country charts for like fifteen weeks or something like that. Uh, and a funny story about uh, who we unfortunately lost him this year, last year to COVID. Joe Diffie uh, was the first guy I went to to sing the song. And uh, 
he said he went to his record label people and they said, nah, you don't want to be a part of a novelty song. You got a career. And he said wow. that th he said that thing sat at number one for like 13 weeks ago. Every time I saw that record label press, they go, hey, good call on that novelty <laughs> song there. Yeah. You're fired too, <laughs> yeah. along with my golf teacher. <laughs> yeah, so, but yeah, it's been a, you know, uh, this word gets overused, but it's just been a blessed career. I mean, it's, and, and trust me, I've tried to do everything to derail it, you know. Uh, <laughs> I think it's part of like you know, like when my golf game is like just when it's going good, go down, push it really hard, you know. So, but uh, yeah, it's. It, I always tell people if you want to do stand up, do it. It's 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 a blast. Even even dying on stage, it, some of the funniest stuff comes out of uh, stuff when it's not going right. But I tell you, like when we did Blue Collar, that was a the most. I mean, I tell people I go imagine you're on tour with three of your buddies, you're selling out arenas, and they're throwing stupid money. I go. It doesn't get any better than that. No. I mean, I remember one night we were in Nebraska and we had all come from different parts of the country. So everybody had a charter jet. And for whatever reason, the promoter got four limousines, which was silly because we all rode together. But uh, that week we all had our own limousine. And after the show, we drove back out to the airport and each limo peeled off to a private plane. And I remember looking at Fox where they going, this is as close to this rock and roll is, yeah, as we're going to get. That's man. it. We, we 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 held the record for selling out the Nashville Arena in 24 hours, and then Bon Jovi beat it. Which I said that's two words you'd never hear together: yeah. blue collar and Bon Jovi. <laughs> yeah, that is <laughs> damn Bon Jovi. Did, that thing was a rocket ship. How did the blue collar come together? Well, they had done the Kings of Comedy, uh -huh. yeah, uh, which was a, a brilliant idea. And uh, Jeff and I, you know, and our manager were together, and we just kind of uh, thought, you know, what about the other people? You know, because Kings of Comedy is a very specific audience. Uh, even though I loved it, uh, the, but it was geared to, a, uh, to their people. Mm -hmm. And so we had, uh, you know, middle America and there was nothing really for them. And I'll tell you an interesting story. We were, so we said, we're going to do 10 shows, see how it goes. Uh, and the first show was supposed to be in Orlando of all places. And for whatever reason, the gig didn't go off. So we moved it to, uh, Omaha and we sold 9,000 tickets in one day and, Months later, we went back to Orlando, and it was our lowest selling date. And if we had started in Orlando, it probably would never have gotten off the ground. Wow. Yeah. The, uh, but it was, uh, I just never forget it, that people would just line up. And they, I, I would, all, before each show, I would walk out in the middle of the arena and just look around and just go, this is insane. It is insane that here's four guys who were, you know, free drinks at a comedy club. Mm -hmm. And now here we are selling out these arenas and people, you know, like, especially like with Larry, you know, the, just to watch the kids dressing up like Larry and, you know, like I remember a kid came oh, get her done. I mean, oh, to this day. God. It was, and you know, you're happy for, and then we did blue collar TV, which was a great show. We wanted to make, we wanted it to be like the old Carol Burnett show, this kind of sketches and stuff. And we were the WB's number two show behind Reba. And they were freaking out because they thought they were going to be known as the country network. Mm. And so they pulled it, but we had, I mean, there were just times that you just like sat back and went, wow, this is, this is so bigger than we are. Uh, and there was dolls. We had blue collar dolls. <laughs> That's when you know. Yeah. That's I remember, when you know. I remember we have a, we spend this when we would spend the winters in park city. Uh, there was a Seven Eleven just down from the house and I would go down there and get a cup of coffee and a paper. And I walked in there one night and there was the Bill Ingvall doll laying on the counter and the, the Indian guy behind the counter. I go, I go, oh my God, look, that's my doll. And he goes, $7. <laughs> I go, no, dude. I go, that's me. He goes, $7. I don't know who you are. That's $7. I'm like, 
Of course, it didn't look anything like me. It looks like a cross between Robert Goulet and Frankenstein. It was like <laughs> it's like a generic missing person. But yeah, just the fact that you know people had doll. I get to this day, people will bring the Bill Clinton doll to sign the, you know the box, and uh, and then you know the that the here's your sign was what got me my own show, which was uh, that was you know that's the holy grail for comics. It's getting your own show. Uh, and we had Jennifer Lawrence, who we gave her her first job. She played mm-hmm. my daughter, and uh, things worked out good okay. Good, yeah, yeah. She's she doing all right. She's she owes you right. everything. You yeah, launched every, that. Girl. You know what? God bless her heart. When she did Winter's Bone, and all, for about the first three movies she did, she gave me credit, and I said, you know, and she's, you know, she's. I loved her because she's, just, you know, Kentucky. She's just a basic girl, and I think that's why Hollywood ate her up, uh, just because she was just she wasn't that typical. Uh, but you know, I can remember. I remember being we we shot the show on the uh, CBS Radford lot where they shot Gunsmoke and Gilligan's Island and all that and like my the exterior shots from my house where that was the Cleaver's house, you know. Uh, and I remember standing there and they had these big gigantic doors that they would roll open so the crew could get all their stage stuff in, and it said the Bill Ingvall show and I just remember just sitting there looking at it going, wow, that's this so cool. is insane. Yeah. yeah, that thing. I mean. To this day, you got get her done. Here's your sign. You might be right. Like people still use that. And, oh, all and the it's time. Been, what was the last year, y'all? T- I mean, that was that's been two thousand twenty years ago. Yeah, it's like early two thousand. Yeah. Starting two. I just uh, was driving over here, listening to the country station, and they played the Christmas. Here's your song sign. It's like, it's like it's gonna be like Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Yeah. You know, it's like you, you and Mariah Carey. Yeah, yeah that lot, a lot of too. people make that mistake. Yeah, yeah it's. Can I, ask, oh, go ahead. I yeah. got one just like this is serious like comedy you said like I feel like comic comedy's making a comeback and right. people need it right now but then if you look at it it's like the cancel culture and PC like I look at what's going on with Chappelle right now it's like for a long time comics could yeah. kind of press the envelope and yeah. now it's like you, you say something people don't agree with they're coming for you does that well, make it harder for everyone yeah well it, not for me so much because my stuff yeah so you were you road, were you guys yeah. were pretty clean but uh that Chappelle special wasn't any different than the ones he's done before. I, I love Dave. Dave makes me laugh out loud. Yes. And I just felt bad for him because he, you're right. He got caught up in the, you know, people, I don't know. I don't understand what the end game is for people. I don't know what they're hoping to get uh, by being this way. It's it's obviously not working out. So why do you keep, you know. It's to ruin somebody else, I, I guess. I think it is. Uh, it's like they want to see, they want to see you succeed, but they also want to see you fall. You know, and I think a prime example is Tiger. You know, mm-hmm. they, why, you know, here's a guy who had pretty much alienated everybody in golf, including fans. And then all of a sudden he starts, he gets into that bad, bad times. And everybody's like, ah. But then when he started making a comeback, oh my, it was like the second coming. It was like, uh, yeah. you know, and they, and it's like, and as a, as a performer, whether you're an athlete or an entertainer, whatever, that's a mind game. Cause you're like, Either hate me or love me, but this mm-hmm. I, this whole back and forth, I don't know if I can handle that. Once you get to a certain level, I think people like to see that that downfall, you know? Well, yeah, On they, the way up, yeah. they're trying to boost you up. And oh, then you yeah. get there, you're there for a while, they're like, okay, time to bring it. He's had Oh, too I had much. one of my dear friends from the early days of comedy when I started getting a name. He was bad mouthing me, and I was like, I finally called him. I go, what are you doing? He goes, I, well, I just, you know, I was, uh, he couldn't have an answer, you yeah. know, because I called him on it. You know, it's, uh, it, it, but it, then, you know, then it, he kind of started being nice again. It was like, 
I don't know what the it's, it's a weird weird place to put your head. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. The, the end game, it's like great. So you say just you ruined canceled. What, what's that going to do for you? Yeah, you know, your life's not going to change. Yeah, just change the channel, bud. Someone yeah. else can <laughs> miserable. Yeah, yeah, I watched season one just recently of Dave, the Dave, you know, the Chappelle right. show. Season one, I walked through. I was like canceled, canceled every episode. I was like, that's gone. That's yeah. would never oh, yeah. happen. That's everybody. Well, you know, coming I was. I tell you what, I thought was fascinating was the other day I was watching Gunsmoke because Gail's always laughing at me because I watch. That's what I watch. Mm-hmm. Before the show came on, it said, there are character depictions in this show that may not be agreeable with it. I'm like, it's gun smoke. Who cares? What? You know, it's like, but do you, everybody's so scared now. They're so worried that if you say one thing, you know, it's like, you know, and, and I, luckily I've avoided it because, because I'm just, I don't, I don't play that game. It's like, you know, I don't want to, uh, there's no reason for us to get into this with you because I, I'm not going to play your game. You know, if you find myself offensive, walk out. I don't care. But don't sit there and go, oh. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like that's the logic for most people. It just doesn't seem to I, I had way. one guy, I finally told one lady, I said, ma'am, let me ask you a question. I go, if you go to, you're watching a movie on TV and, and it sucks, do you just keep watching it? Yeah. Yelling at the TV? No, you change the channel. Mm-hmm. So let's change the channel. There's yeah. the door. Yeah. You know, feed it. Yeah. But Keep you watching know. it and then email somebody and yeah. tweet about it. Like, uh, yes. Have you had to throw quite a few people out of shows? No, knock on wood. Uh, because I don't, I don't interact with you. I don't, I don't say, Hey, where are you from? What's your name? Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and, and at this level you, re- you don't get them as much because the, the club, uh, you know, you get the drunk, uh, and, and generally nine times out of 10, that's it's alcohol. It's yeah. just, it's just, They've they've had too much and you know, uh, it's uh, you're, you 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 get them once in a while and I just treat them like kids. I just go shut up. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I, I'm not going to be cute yeah. with you. I don't have the com- wiki comeback. I just like shut up. Tell me this, the guys on the blue collar comedy tour, you're finishing the show. You go to the bar. Who shuts it down? Ron. <laughs> Thank that was God. The answer. Thank yeah. God. I was like, if it's not Ron, we got a problem. No, uh, no, it was. Uh, but like I said, we didn't really do it that much because we were always going. You know, it was uh, the. Uh, but yeah, I, yeah, and I, I would be probably second. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, but the problem was not the problem. The luckily for me, I did my abusive stuff when I was in the clubs. Mm-hmm. You know, it was uh, I used to drink tequila like it was water. I mean, like, and, and the club owners loved it because I'd say, "Hey, can I get a shot of tequila?" And you know, used to be, hey, yeah. And then all of a sudden, then they start buying them for you. And I'll tell you, I'm not proud of this story, but it <laughs> makes me laugh. I was working in Cincinnati, Ohio, at the Funny Bone, and I got so wasted on tequila that I started doing my act as a pirate. <laughs> I'm just, I would enjoy I that, would, if I would, that. I would like go. I'm like, Arr, here's your sign. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and and it was and you know it was just one of those moments. And the crowd was they they were drunk. And it, the the next time I came in, I looked at the ad in the paper says the pirate guy is coming back. That's awesome. <laughs> like, People be clamoring for oh, that. Oh, they would, matey. Uh, well, I think we have to talk about unless you got some more comedy stuff. Uh, now we we can go E nine. No, no. What? First, we have to get to the Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> oh, I actually have that in my E9s. I need to tread lightly. <laughs> yeah, this, this will tread lightly. But okay. First off, it's 2013. Yeah. Rumor around Virginia Country Club is you kept it rather quiet for a while that it was going to happen. Uh, yeah. Uh, then here, so here's what happened. They called, <laughs> and I was going to turn it down because I was like, man, is that where my career is at now? Uh, and Gail said, I think you ought to do this. 
She goes, even if you're only on for a couple weeks, you know, that's 13 million people watching that show. Uh, it was a, one of the funnest things I've done be one of the most brutal things I've done. It, I, people have no idea the physical, I lost 35 pounds in 13 weeks. No, and kidding. I didn't even sniff. I need a to diet. go on that show. She I, a star. It was. I tore my groin, pulled my hamstring, <laughs> and had to have my knee replaced. Uh, but I will tell you this: that uh, yeah, I kept it quiet because you know those guys out there, blue collar guys. I mean, you're not yeah, ballroom yeah, guys, you know. Yeah, they. Uh, but so uh, it was. We just kept moving on, and so then you know, once I knew that I was, I kind of was in this because I, I figured out the show. It's not a dance competition. Otherwise, we would have been asked to do it. It's a popularity thing. So mm-hmm. that's what I do. So, you know, I had Emma, this little 22-year-old British blonde bombshell, and we'd do this dance, and then I'd run over and kiss the 55-year-old woman, my wife, and every woman in America went, see, Love that guy. look at that. Yeah. You know, and it's like, and so once I start going, and I also think, I also think that a lot of my buddies and a lot of the guys at Virginia they watched that show like you would watch a NASCAR race. They were just looking for the <laughs> yeah, crash. Exactly. <laughs> please mess up. Please, please. mess up. Yeah. And then when I kept moving on, then they kind of got into it. Yeah. Uh, but I will tell you this, that after that, when I was on that show, uh, when I would be doing my shows, they would say, you know, for blue collar comedy, and there was a nice applause. And they'd say, and Dancing with the Stars, and it would just explode. People, I couldn't believe how many people watched that show. It's massive. And God bless you. Gail for being, hey, oh. hey, babe, I'm going to go press up on this 22-year-old smoke show for a few weeks. Dude, how cool about that? This? Yeah, babe, you should do that. How about this? Taking her on the road. Because mm. I, like, like, I was still working heavy. And so uh, I would have to take Emma with me and we'd rehearse whatever dance we had that week in the theater. And then when the people started coming in, she'd go backstage and watch TV. And, uh, you know. Wow, I didn't realize she would like, you would still keep. Oh, yeah. Because otherwise you had no time to rehearse. Yeah. And How she, many hours a day you rehearsing? You could rehearse six hours a day, uh, which was five and a half longer than I really yeah, wanted. I say, that's <laughs> way longer. Than I would... You had no, I'm assuming, zero dance no, skills leading no, up. No, the only dance I'd ever done was, you know, two-stepping, you know, beer in his mm-hmm. hand, woman in the arm, and go. That's really all you need. Yeah. More, more nervous first dance on Dancing with the Stars or your first stand-up routine? Oh, Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. Because you know you had... Uh, <laughs> 13 me because basically when you, it sounds like you have longer but when you boil it all down you've got 24 hours to learn a dance and then do it in front of 13 million people on tv it's a lot of people yeah and uh, it's uh but yeah i can i can remember to this day standing back there and they go and now dancing the foxtrot i'm like oh god i would just <laughs> and i i'm tony cole i literally would say to myself just don't be a jackass man just keep moving because that's what one of the judges told me they said no matter what happens just keep moving mm-hmm. you know shake your hands do whatever because we don't know if, if you know if you stop then we know it's you screwed up there was there was so many times and like by the end i had a i had torn my groin uh doing this dance with emma and so for the rest of the time, man, it was just like every move was just like like a, like a knife. And they, uh, but we we did it, and I was so happy. i never forget Tom Bergeron when we finally got eliminated in the finals. He said, this was the happiest departure speech I've ever heard. I go, dude, I am toast. <laughs> I am so done. But the thing that was nice was that Emma and I, our ages were so far apart that – there was never any kind of weird, yeah, any weird like, stuff. Are they it getting like, a little? In fact, I remember Julie. <laughs> was 
I know what she was trying to say, but it just came out totally wrong. Emma and I had finished a dance, and Julianne Huff said, you know, when I watch you and Emma, it just reminds me of dancing with my daddy. And I was like, what the hell is that supposed dancing to make my daddy? <laughs> <laughs> Love it. That's great. <laughs> Good name uh, of another show. Yeah, yeah. Dancing, dancing with, dancing with my, my daddy. daddy. <laughs> Got to be 40 years old. be on paper. I want to be streaming that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Exactly. Well, should we get to the nine? Yeah, let's do it. All right, this is nine fun questions. To you. Well, okay. They're all fun with you. Oh, yeah. But we're going to learn even more about billing. Okay. All right, we asked this to everybody. Okay. You can trade lives with anyone, dead or alive for a day. Who would it be? Oh, wow. Um, Kevin Hart. Really? Wow, because I'm in the same industry. I, I, I have so much respect for him. He's got to do everything. He's one of the movies. His stand-up, his sells out arenas. Uh, yeah, and he's just a nice guy. I, I, that is awesome. You yeah. get to do a shitload of commercials. Do a shitload of commercials. <laughs> he's I, I, he's living La Vida Loca, and if I could have one day of that, I'd love it. Find a big, big plane too. Big old plane. Yeah. I have me a G four. Meet the Rock. Yeah, meet the Rock. Hang out there. <laughs> oh yeah, hey, how much? My twenty minutes. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'll do a movie. Yeah, I'll do that. Cool. Right after my credit card commercial. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, that's a good one. No surprise by the same industry. All right. Next one, you're talking about you guys all flying in four planes, four limos, all right. that. So I know there was something going on in terms of in the green room, you all got like a rider. Here's what I need in the green room. Who had the longest rider of all the blue tarps? Uh, actually, we were... S- <laughs> People were always wanting to get backstage. Like, Can I get backstage? And I go, dude, this ain't Aerosmith. Yeah. We literally had a plate of cube cheese and fruit. That's that it, it for the blue collar guys? That's it. That was it. No Bud Light? No. no. And we get Kentucky Fried Chicken whiskey. to take on the plane. I read a thing that Larry needed um, fifty like Hooter style buffalo wings and a bunch of. Oh, uh, that was Ron. Ron, Ron loved oh. uh, Ron loved his wings. So, so it'd be yeah, yeah stuff. But just I always, basic I, stuff. Yeah, but it wasn't like there was a table full of them. And I tell you that one of the coolest. We did a show in Seattle, and the guys from Deadliest Catch. One of the guys came to show and brought us crab legs that were like three inches across. I mean, just like thick. And we chowed on crowd crowd legs and beer that night. So that's just dudes hanging out like what you have for a football game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, low key. That's blue collar. That was us. That really was. And I think that's what made it successful was that we weren't what you would think. We were just guys that just like all of us were just like amazed at what was happening. And, you know, and we were digging it and we were going to ride the ride as long as they'd let us go. Yeah, it felt just like four dudes. Like when y'all do the thing at the end where y'all pull, pull it up and that just was my tell favorite, jokes. That, was my like that felt just like show. these are just four funny dudes. I watched dudes one of those last night. I love the one about the bad the doctor giving the bad news and the worst news. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's great. <laughs> bad news is you have 24 hours to live. Yeah. What's the worst news? I forgot to call you yesterday. That's <laughs> So simple and so effective. Yeah. That, that was us. Everyone the, can laugh. The, the yeah. dumbest jokes. All right. Well, obviously, Augusta National is the holy grail of mm-hmm. the golf world. What would be the Augusta National, the comedy world? Like, what is, what the is venue? the improv venue or some venue that is just the ultimate for a com, com uh, comedian to perform in? Hmm. Wow. That that these are hard. Um. There's so many of them that are so that are really good. Uh. Or maybe what for, was your favorite for me? Playing the Greek. Yeah. Uh, playing the Greek theater in L.A. Uh, we did Universal Amphitheater. We did the Greek theater. And we were supposed to do the Hollywood Bowl, and I would love to have done the Hollywood Bowl and just say that was it. But I think for me, I really... Uh, actually, you know what? I take that back. I, I, that, I would love to play uh, the Hollywood Bowl, but uh, the one of the best shows I had during the whole tour, and Ron will back it up, uh, was in Houston at the uh, Arena Theater. It was in the round. And 
I remember because I had to because Gail had a, a medical emergency and I had to so we, we had to flip flop so I went first mm -hmm. uh, and because I had to get on the plane and go and I had it was one of those shows that just everything was hit right on the head and Ron said looked at Larry and said I ain't following him <laughs> <laughs> but that was uh, yeah. the, the arena theater in Houston was one of my favorite that was my, probably one of my best shows that's awesome sidebar question this is not one of the United's if you were writing an hour you got a show coming up hour it has to all be original material like new material how long does it take you to write it an hour? Yeah, if you had to do an hour, like you're going on tour. It'd be a couple of years. Yeah, that's a long hour. A couple of years, wow. Yeah, that's just huge. because, I mean, I could I could fake it, uh, but to really be what the level that I'd want it to be at, it, it'd take me a couple of years to write a, another solid. And then go like improv, or like work it out. And, yeah, yeah. I, I tell you, if I could change anything about my stand-up style, I would I would love to be that guy that just goes on stage. Like, like I think Chappelle kind of does it. Is he, it's just free thought, you know. He just it talks feels about, like it yeah, at least just whatever you want to talk about. That's cool. Um, yeah, that's how I'm I just mean. not naturally that funny. So. <laughs> do you like? But do you like wake up in the middle of the night and have ideas pop in your head? And you're like, oh, and write, write stuff that down. down. Um, once once in a while, but generally, if you look at it next day, you go, nah, that blows. <laughs> <laughs> Get those all the time. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. good in the moment. All right, next one. Which one, if you can remember, I know there's been a lot of them. If, which one of Jeff Foxworthy's "You Might Be a Redneck" jokes hits closest to home? For you, <laughs> I learned some that hits home. Or close, to yeah, home? like okay. that's me. Uh, I got, I got to think about them. Um, probably uh, when uh, he said, uh, "If you've ever mowed your yard and found a, uh, I think it's if you've ever mowed your yard and found a car." Yeah, you know that was gonna be because I hate doing yard work. There's some of those, all my family from the South, from Arkansas, there's like every, you know, ha every one out of three, I was like, yep, one night, one night, I wish I could tell you all these, but one night, uh, it's a great teaser. One night we were backstage and just having a blast and we started to come up with here, uh, with you might be a redneck that he could never, ever do. And some of them were pretty wild. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> I wish we could hear yeah, That's I wish the thing. I know. I know. Right, when we're off there, I'll tell you a couple okay, of Okay, right. perfect. Well, let's just imagine, going back to the blue collar, times are a little hard, you're pinching pennies. You guys have to room together, okay? Mm -hmm. The hotel's only got one bed, though. Only rooms with one bed. You get to pick who you're going to room with, Jeff, Ron, or Larry. Probably Jeff. Okay, sidebar. Who would you least want to room with? Uh, mm -hmm. Not because of personality-wise. Uh, probably Larry, uh, because he doesn't sleep. Okay, really? Larry's like one of those guys who just, he'll stay up till three, four o'clock in the morning watching movies, and that would drive me crazy. Perfect. Perfect. It would have been a great mini tour roommate for yeah. me. <laughs> you up at seven? Yeah, I'm going to stay up till three, four. I got a new doc. Yeah. <laughs> Checking out. Uh, before you got into comedy, you're out of college, you were working as a DJ in Dallas, correct? Yeah. Well, yeah. Did you have a name? Yeah. What was it? <laughs> it was Bill Dugan. Bill, Bill Dugan? Dugan. <laughs> Where did the DJ Dugan Bill come from? Dugan? I don't know. It just, <laughs> just sounded up. good? Yeah, Doogie. Doogie? Is that DJ what you call it? DJ Doogie? <laughs> hey, Doogie, play it. the hits, you bum. <laughs> DJ That's Doogie. Great. I thought, I didn't know if you had one. I would be like, well, I would go, all right, hey, I'm Bill Dugan, and here's a little Aerosmith. <laughs> Love it. But DJ, what was the name of the club in Dallas? Uh, it was uh, the Cafe Dallas. Cafe Dallas. Yeah, which was, uh, I don't even know if that was their one. I don't, I don't think that I was there. Uh, there was a couple nights I did at the fair. Okay. Which was 
Yeah. Yeah. I know what the fair is. <laughs> <laughs> the yep. cafe went downhill ever since DJ yeah. Well, da- the Cafe Dells was during the disco, too. That was that was a great club to work. That's like oh the golden God. era. Yeah, it was. Uh, there there was nights I don't even remember. You know, they're just gone in the... <laughs> You're a good <laughs> Sounds DJ. Sounds like my Saturdays. You're a good DJ. <laughs> All right. We, we mentioned you used to play at Virginia Country Club out in California. Mm-hmm. True or false? The people that own the house down the right side of 18 there had to file a restraining order to you because you kept trespassing on their lawn. Uh, false. There was no restraining order, but they asked me not to go out on the fence to get my Unofficially. Ball. I heard your ball might have hit their house a few times. A few times, yeah. And it was amazing because it was gigantic trees, but somehow I had that ball that would find it. And, you know, and they also had a pool. Uh, and I was like, I was always afraid I was going to. That was, I'll tell you what, uh, that was a hole that I watched Luke List stand at the very back of the tips and put it on that green with like an iron. That boy can move it. Oh, I love Lou. I played with him uh, in uh, uh, the uh, Greenville BMW. BMW. Yeah. yeah. And what a... They're about a, effortless. Yeah, effortless. Oh, Beautiful golf. And I tell you what, this is when I fell in love with Luke List. So I had this caddy. They, they have these caddies that show up and they're just journeymen, you know. So I got this guy and he's, he's all got to, you know, he's trying to be a fluff wannabe and... So <laughs> he had this big mustache and stuff. And, you know, he thought he knew all about golf. And I'm playing with Luke. And Luke's, you know, trying to make the cut. And it was long, more with me because we got to play on the weekend. And uh, I had about an eight-foot putt to make the cut. And the caddy goes, all right, man, then I don't miss it. And Luke goes, what the? And just goes ballistic. He goes, you don't never tell your golfer don't miss a putt. You say, let's do it. Get a solid stroke. He went on for five minutes and this guy's backing up. And I'm like, yeah, Luke, I like you. Yeah, <laughs> that boy, Luke. Yeah. Show us a little Lay down the law. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Luke, uh, Luke's a great. I, I, he's the, he's uh, just such a, God, he, I've never seen anybody hit a ball like that. The he golf goes, swing's yeah. one of the yeah. most fun to watch yeah. on the PGA. Oh. But I hear I did hear you used to pepper that house down the road. I did pepper that house a lot. Yeah. <laughs> build your house on the right side of a golf course. Like, yeah. you get Who what built you get, on dude. a golf exactly. course? Right. <laughs> I built it on a runway and a plane lands yeah. on my like, house. Uh, I'm not going to so be noisy. surprised. Well, there's a plane landing there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Sure. All right, going back to Dancing with the Stars. Okay, okay. dig back into that. You right. sent a young woman home, very well liked around the U.S. Her name was Snooky. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, Nicole. Yeah, Nicole. Exactly. Uh, do you think you're the first guy to ever send Snooky home not in an Uber? <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, See where I'm going with that? <laughs> oh, that's good. No, because I, I have to be. I, 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 I would love to bash, but Nick, I, I actually went in when I, I was all ready to not like her. She could be one of the sweetest, nicest little girls you ever met in your life. It's all play. It's all. Yeah, reality. Ain't yeah, reality, that's a great question, but, though. Yeah, like that? Yeah, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, we, I figured we used to, she's used to going home. Just, <laughs> normally, there's a, you know, a Civic pulls up to the front door. <laughs> no, no, she was great. That's great. All right, Wings Down Dance with the Stars for the last one. Um, can you please tell us which one of those fancy dance moves you performed down Woody Austin's line at the Disney one year? <laughs> Did you show Woodrow something? <laughs> I think that would have been the box truck. Fox <laughs> I heard he was really impressed. He, Woody was Woody was a tough nut to crack, man. <laughs> I don't ever see I don't ever see Woody just being giddy. No. <laughs> Mm-mm. 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 Uh-huh. He's he's as advertised. Yeah, I mean. and, but you know what? We had a great time together. I, we had a blast. So what? Uh, tell it though. Well, because like, what I, I you know uh, the thing is. You, you know, you're sitting on the range with these guys. Who this is their life, and they can they get they don't. 
<laughs> professionals don't have, you don't they don't have that first couple of duff balls, you know, where you just dig the club in. Mm-hmm. And so I had a couple of those, and Woody goes, so this is who I'm playing with. I go, that's right, man. And I just started firing back at him. And that's what he wanted. You know, he if I'd have been mousy about it, he'd have. But I just said, I said, well, I said, yeah, I said, that's it. I said, that's, I guess that's you. You're the old guy and I'm the bad golfer. So we'll just leave now. <laughs> we both got screwed. And he started laughing. He goes, yeah, all right, you can play. <laughs> Dude, he is unbelievable. He yeah. is, uh, he's an interesting one to play with. The uh, Now, see, now you guys have got to play. Somebody asked me this question. They said, and they ask this to a lot of people, but who would you guys' fantasy foursome be? You get three other guys. This is going to sound like I'm catering. I actually just did a podcast where they asked me this. It sounded like I'm catering to you just because you're a comic and it was on. But my three were, I picked um, my favorite performer of all time, Jamie Foxx. Mm-hmm. I think the most talented dude in oh, entertainment. without a doubt. Larry David, just one of the, I yeah. just, I'd sign up to watch him read the ABCs if he was doing it. And my favorite comic right now is Ricky Gervais. And that was the three answers Ricky I gave. So it sounds great, like, yeah. no, that's great. Comp, that's but great that's one. like, I've seen all the golf stuff. I mean, I play with. Would I want Tiger in there? Sure, but I've you know of yeah. course you, that's you, yeah. everyone's answer. Yeah. I've seen the golf stuff. I'd rather see like see the, mine those was uh, actually this guy Colt. Wow. Holy shit, God Bill. of anyone <laughs> Colt Peter Jacobson because he just seems like he'd be a fun yeah, guy. He's great, he is. Yeah, and uh, uh, the uh, who was the third one? There was a, a he's a golf guy. Yeah, uh, funny funny guy. Faraday. Yes, McCourt? Faraday. Oh, Faraday. Yeah, I yeah. think those three would be, that would be a fun We'd have a good time. That'd be good. Oh, my God. Not as good as Woody. Not as good as Woody. Not as good as Woody, though. But close. I did, one of my favorite Faraday lines of all time was, it was they were talking about the speed of golf, and he said, if four hours of golf is too much for you, maybe you need new friends. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. That is the that most is a, accurate yeah. statement I could ever hear in my life. That is great. Well, Bill, this has been yeah. an oh guys, blast. this has been a treat for me. I, I the, the good I always say this: the good ones always go by too fast. I know we could do this for hours, but we really appreciate Thank you coming you so in. much, man. Well, if you ever need to kind of drop in, just let me know. Perfect. Done. Yeah, that's inked. That's, that's binding. That's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, my man. Thanks, guys. Bill, yeah. dude, have a great so time. Much, hey, man, keep it between the ropes. Well, that was Bill Ingvall on Golf Subpar, and that interview was brought to you by Callaway. Did you know major champions John Robb and Phil Mickelson, as well as myself, both play the Callaway Chrome Soft X? Chrome Soft X is incredible through the wind, but still workable. Plus, it delivers amazing greenside action. This thing is soft. It goes forever. There's no better ball on the planet. The standard Chrome Soft offers soft feel and short game control. And the new Chrome Soft XLS is for players who prefer the firmest feel and lower spin on full shots. Chrome Soft isn't just better for major champions. It's better for everyone. Find your Chrome Soft at CallawayGolf.com slash Chrome Soft. All right, Sleaze, let's break down this Bill Ingvall interview. Billy. First off, he started off and he kind of became very, he didn't have much credit to his interview considering he said that I bomb it right out of the gate when we played together down at Disney. Uh, go ahead. That, that answers the question I get from some people sometimes. Like, do you guys pay these guys to come on your <laughs> yeah. show? That answer, yes, we pay him a shitload because the guy came out first thing and said, Colt is just bombing it. And I was like, okay. I was like, Bill, make me look good, but Dude, uh, that's a little much. We got to keep it believable. So, like, he was hitting it really nicely. And stuff. But, I mean, what a fun guy to talk to. Loves golf. You got obsessed. to play with him. Obsessed with it, along with Larry the Cable Guy. I was surprised to hear that they don't get to play a lot of – I would think, like, that type of a job would be a great job for golf. You know what I mean? Going out and playing golf. You're traveling to all these different places. You're one quick phone call away. Boom, I pop out in the afternoon, go do the show at night. But it sounds like they're just in and out and not a whole lot of golf being played. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, most of the time when they were doing the blue collar, they were flying private around. Like you said, finish the show, get on the bird, fly somewhere. Like Darius Rucker, everywhere he goes, he 
He goes to sleep after his show. Tour bus wakes up in the parking lot of a golf course, and he tees it up. Yeah, I feel like I'm, that'd I'm, be the way to go. I was a little bit surprised with you, but I had so much fun playing with him. Sometimes those pro-ams, you know, they, if, it all yep. depends on your partner. You get mm -hmm. stuck with a bad one, you're in for a long day. Well, Bill Ingvall was just incredible. We laughed the whole time around. We played with John Mallinger, had so much fun, and we actually played really well. We were, Our name was at the top of the leaderboard. It's the same for the pros with the amateurs. Like, mm -hmm. amateurs can get... Shit pros that don't engage, don't talk. It's a death march out there. It's no fun. It could be the same side on the other side. But, yeah, if you sign up and you see Bill Ingvall next to your name, like, okay, this is going to be a pretty good one. Sounds like you might want his wife to be your partner, though. She's got more game than he does. No shit, right? That's <laughs> got to be a tough pill to swallow as a man who loves golf when you go out there and get uh, get destroyed by your wife every single time. But no, uh, no shame in that, I guess. She sounds like a hell of a stick. Yeah, she is. Two hole-in-ones to his one. Club champion all over the joint. She's got, and she's a big fan of birdie juice. Hello, that's Love kind of their woman. deal. Any birdie in their group, when when his wife's out playing, they take a shot and they call it birdie juice. Love Hello. this woman. Love this woman. Also wanted to make sure. Uh, I don't know if he knew where to go with the Snooky question at the end. I was like, Are you the only guy <laughs> that ever gets to kill him? Not an Uber. I was like, Kind of just thought about it for a minute. I was like, I don't know. If, I I didn't know where he would go with that, but it was fun to ask. I I thought one thing that was real interesting because I knew you I knew you were going to ask him about where comedy is today. Yeah, and like. Is it being ruined? And you're, he said he thinks it's going to make a comeback because the world needs laughter right now. And I was a little surprised by that answer. Yeah, I, I like to ask guys that are in that world about it because, I mean, as you know, even in podcasts and whatever, radio, you say one thing, even if it's just totally, you know, a throwaway comment or whatever, there's somebody that's going to be offended by everything out there. And it's a tough time to be a comic because for a long time they were the guys that were pushing that envelope and saying the unpopular thing. And now it's like you can can't you can you know the guys are coming for your throat at that look at dave Chappelle. i mean the biggest comic in the world right now and like he's not even exempt from it so their their show the blue car guys a little different they're pretty it's pretty clean it's not it's like you could bring pretty much anybody to that show and you're not going to walk away being offended so there's a little bit different but just want to get his perspective on where it stands as a whole because i think i think it's a tough time but i do think you're going to see the pendulum swing back the other way and people are just saying screw this say whatever you want i hope so because yeah. we, we need some laughter in the world right now and bill Ingvall was one of the best to ever do it had so much fun with him he'll be back i mean he could have talked for four hours it felt like yeah he said he wants to just yeah. have me on whenever we'll just shoot the shit about golf what he's got going on be, he's a blast well it was a blast with him and Tell you what else has been about blast, Lee's is our FanDuel picks. Mm -hmm. We did. We each picked a same game parlay last week. Yours hit. Hello. In I the told Chief, you. Dude. In the Chiefs game, yours actually ended up hitting. Unbelievable. Congratulations. I did three with the Dallas Cowboys. Two of the three hit. Lost by a point and a half in the second half. Standard parlay situation. Mm -hmm. First two legs hit. All you're going to need is that third one. And it just seems like the odds go just through the basement at that point. But yeah, got a hitter. Got a hitter on that KC game. Was getting some nice messages. Uh, congrats to anyone who piled on that. But we're running hot right now, dude. Mm -hmm. Running hot. And what I tell you? I think that was your first game. That same was my game first parlay experience. Shit's real, isn't it? They're really, really cool. It's fun. FanDuel does it. That's why they're the best sports book in the world. And he's making a list. He's checking it twice. He's giving away up to seven million in gifts over seven days on FanDuel. That's right. Our man, Santa Barkley, Sir Charles, is back. And Charles Barkley is giving away more than ever this holiday season through FanDuel Sportsbook. New and exciting users, open up the FanDuel Sportsbook app every day between December 21st and December 27th for a new gift from St. Chuck. I mean, how good is that? St. Chuck. Just Don't you just imagine that jolly fella in a Santa suit right now? St. Chuck, Santa Barkley, Barkley Claus. He's got a lot of different names, but he's giving it out. He's dishing it. He's checking that list, and it's time to get paid. A lot of money to be handed out this week. 
uh, the, during the holidays where you got your same game parlays, which we are very accustomed to. You got your daily odds boost. I mean, you can pick a day that you want that. You, uh, excuse me. You can pick a team that you think will win over Christmas Day, the weekend, etc. There's so many different ways to get paid. And these boosts, by the way, I mentioned same game parlays a lot. The boost is nice too. There it was is. a lot of those that paid very this generous. Past week. Very that's what, that's what FanDuel is. They're generous around the holidays. Mm-hmm. It's America's number one sports book. It's the number one destination for NBA and NFL betting. You get your money in as little as two hours. It's so safe and easy. There's no other app, in my opinion, you should use than the FanDuel Sportsbook. All right, let's give them a little Christmas cash. Here we go. We're going to pick each pick a game that we like between December 21st, December 27th. Okay. This might piss some people off here in the Valley where we're located. But I was very, very high on the Cardinals and the Suns. Sports was back in the Valley. People were going crazy but the Cardinals are slipping a little bit bud I know it's hard to watch I was at the game against the Rams on Monday night when they couldn't get it done and then this past weekend against the Detroit Lions I mean that was just borderline that that was that was tough to watch yeah you you win the game you lock up a playoff spot everything's good and you go up there against arguably the worst team in the NFL I think you just lay an egg yeah Yeah. so I don't see that turning around in a short amount of time Mm. I think they're in a little rough one and they're going against one of the hottest teams in the NFL on Christmas Day, and the Indianapolis Colts are getting two points. They played unbelievable against the Patriots the other night. I think they're rolling. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, arguably up there for MVP of the Should league. Should be MVP, in yeah. my opinion. So I'm rolling with the Indianapolis Colts plus two on Christmas Day. I almost went with the cards on this one. I was like, dude, <laughs> been they can't, we had they a can't keep sucking. They're going to be back. One of us would have won, yeah. won, absolutely. But then, I'll tell you this, watching HBO Hard Knocks, like what's it called, midseason, mm-hmm. and it's with the Colts, Whoever is on Hard Knocks, I immediately like automatically think that they're good, and that's what's happening. Right well, they now. are good, but it is actually happening right now. Jonathan Taylor is an absolute animal, but uh, yeah, hopefully the cards turn this thing around. Just let's just secure a playoff spot, and then we'll figure out the rest. Get some people back healthy. Get D Hop back. Oh, you know, I don't know if he's coming back. Hopefully for the playoffs, they're saying, but who knows? But the all right, so you're going against the hometown uh, Cardinals there. No offense to all of our uh, local listeners here. I'm going to college. I'm going sleazy clouds giving out another one. It's going to be on college ball here. Okay, my bread and butter, as you know, I'll be betting virtually every single game on the slate for the next couple of weeks. I'm going with the big boys though here. Okay, we got Georgia and Michigan, Clash of the Titans, college football playoffs. Over under here, Colt, 44 and a half. Okay, so we need less than 45 points in this game. If you remember, Georgia got lit up a little bit in that SEC championship game. Michigan, meanwhile, looking really good. But what do they like to do? Pound the rock. They like to run it. Georgia doesn't give up a whole lot of rushing yards, uh, typically. Uh, All season, they've been beasts. And I just think this game, with the lights, the pressure, I think it's a slow, grinded-out game. Under 45, Georgia versus Michigan. Let's get paid on that. All right. I got the Colts. You've got under Michigan, Georgia. Everybody go to FanDuel Sportsbook. Download. Get amongst it. New to FanDuel Sportsbook? Just sign up with promo code SUBPAR to get your first bet risk-free up to $1,000 and make every moment better this holiday season. That's promo code SUBPAR. Don't forget to check the FanDuel Sportsbook app every day from December 21st to the 27th to see what Santa Barkley brought you. Sir Charles, I mean, what a guy. <laughs> All right, Barkley. must be 21 years old, older, present in Arizona, Connecticut, or New Jersey. Void where prohibited. Restrictions and wager requirements apply. See terms at FanDuel.com. Gambling prob- problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona or 1-888-789-7777 or visit chat in Connecticut or 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com backslash RG in New Jersey. Sleaze, did it. To you and all of our loyal listeners out there, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. 
It's going to be a great one. I hope everybody makes a lot of money with FanDuel. Happy gambling. And thank you to all of us for listening. If you need some last-minute Christmas gifts, go to the golf.com pro shop. Birdie Juice, this stuff is absolutely incredible. It'll look great on everyone for the holiday season. Merry Christmas. We'll talk to you on the next Golf Subpar. <laughs>